Welcome to another episode of the Head of Nations podcast. I'm your host, Brian, and across from me is your co-host, Ben. So, Ben, really quickly, what's new in your nations this week? Well, um, fall is here, and so fall baseball is kind of, well, I would like to say it's winding down, but um, but it's not. It's like, we're for whatever reason, they're just like packing on games. You know? <laughs> it's like, oh, geez. So we're just kind of, you know, staying afloat there. But also, my piano is being... I, I am, just call me Mozart or Beethoven or something like that. I'm, so you're playing real songs? Sort of, yeah, sort of. This okay. I just want to plug, listen, we're not getting any money for this, but I want to plug this amazing app. It's called Musician. Okay. It's like, it's like, a, what's that? Like Garage Band? Yeah. No, is that it? Yeah, Garage Band's a thing. No. Guitar Hero. Oh. It's like Guitar Hero. Okay. Only... You're playing. It's like you're playing. You're learning the actual instrument, not just you know. So you're being a real piano hero. Yes, and that's how I. That's how I'm feeling. There right you now. go. So. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I'm glad you're keeping up with it. Yeah. So in my nations this week, we're just still we're navigating limitations on our schedule with the kids. We're like we're trying to not overstress our kids. We're figuring out they've got a lot of activities they're in and trying to figure out how to help them maintain balance because sometimes they don't want to be in some of the activities yeah but then they do it and they're like i liked this today and we're like but if you stop doing it then you won't enjoy it while still also not overstressing them so we're having these conversations of what is an appropriate amount of engagement and what is an inappropriate amount of engagement where it's overstressing them and they're no longer enjoying things so we're walking through that as a family this week yeah Mm. Well, let's get right into the passage of the week this week, and we're in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, where it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So just something super simple to remind ourselves that we, when we worship God, we're to offer our whole selves to God, that's our act of worship is not offering part of ourselves or not reserving some part of ourselves back, but offering the whole of us to God. And it's offering our bodies. So even our physical selves mm-hmm. to God as our act of worship. And I think that's kind of a big deal that I don't think of all the time. And it's important, I think, to remind myself of the fact that I'm to be honoring God with all of me. Mm-hmm. So what thoughts do you have on that? Yeah, I just think of the Old Testament you know, sacrifices. There, there were never any like partial sacrifices limping around, you know, you know, mm-hmm. so like a half sacrificed thing, you know, still kicking. It's like, you know, you, it's totally, the, the idea is that it would be totally given over, totally offered um, to the Lord. And that's, that's us. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that, that's a, a verse that we could read every single day and every single day be brought to the mercy seat and, and repent, you know, um, because we, yeah, like, we're so prone to holding stuff back. Yeah, stuff that, that might satisfy us um, in, a, in a way that, you know, that we tell ourselves that God just could never, you know, uh, provide. Uh, but the message, I think, of, of Jesus himself is that he, he satisfies us. And so um, that's something that I'm going to, you know, try to remind myself um, more and more uh, as I grow in his grace and, and knowledge of his mercy. So. That's amazing. Yeah, good point. Well, why don't we move right into the topic of the week? We are really pressed for time today, so I hate to do a short episode. That's why we're kind of flying today, guys. (laughs) But the topic of the week is about fighting. And I don't really, I I kicked around a lot of titles 
But I mean, I feel like maybe you've got a fight is a good title for this. Mm -hmm. And it's tipping our hats to a nineties music group as well. But this is something that I think is very important to talk through as men that I think that, you know, I, I know we have some lady listeners and ladies come from a different perspective where that they don't see fighting, I think, as integral as men do to life. But I want to highlight the fact, just philosophically first, and then I want to give some scriptural examples, but life itself is a fight. When that alarm goes off at whatever time you get up, you know, 5 a.m., 6 a.m., you have to fight the urge to stay in bed, right? You've got to fight. When you're getting ready in the morning, you've got to fight to stay on task, right? Like, you want to get distracted, you want to take a break, you want to slow down, right? You've got to fight to be on time with sometimes, actually a lot of times, yourself. You think about like when you're sick, you've got to fight through that sickness to be healthy. We encourage people to fight through serious illnesses that they have, right? We encourage that kind of fighting. We encourage people to fight for what is morally right in a philosophical or an ethical sense, right? Where we encourage that kind of fighting of, you know, fight against what's wrong ideologically and support that which is right. Fight for what's right. And we mean that typically in an ideological sense of here are your morals, hold your moral line and fight for that, right? But I also think, and this is a, a thought that I've been forming for probably about the past eight years now, that fighting itself, physical fighting, gets a bad rap. And I think that there is a time for physical fighting as well, but clearly there's a time for ideological fighting all the time. And there's a time for fighting our desires all the time. We're even told scripturally, you know, crucify the flesh. We're told to fight against our sin nature, to fight against the flesh, and to not do the things that we want to do in the flesh. But I think that, you know, a lot of times we're told fighting's wrong, fighting's bad, don't fight. But it's really intriguing to me when we have this concept. If we think that fighting in and of itself is wrong, why do we give our police officers guns? Why do we arm them to fight if fighting of any kind is wrong? Why do we have a military if fighting of any kind is wrong? Why do we have an armed military presence anywhere? Because if fundamentally the use of force is inherently wrong, then we should actually logically follow that out and say, well, we don't need any armed presence. We don't need to be able to fight because the police officer has a gun, by the way, so he can fight bad guys. The military has firearms so they can fight bad guys. And we encourage that. And you know, Romans 13 talks about that, that our governing officials don't carry the sword in vain. But I want to give a few examples of fighting in the Bible. And one of the first ones that I can think about in a positive sense is actually Abraham. The seeing as, as the patriarch, he's seen as the patriarch of the faith. So what happens when Lot is captured? What does Abraham do? Well, he goes to get he goes to get him. He himself, mm-hmm. by the way, he's with his with his with his guys, he himself and his guys, he's wildly outnumbered, by mm-hmm. the way. If you look at the story, he's the underdog in the story. There's like an alliance of kings. There's an alliance of yeah. several kings. Mm-hmm. And Abraham goes and militarily fights the kings and rescues Lot. And this is, by the way, the first time we see the mention of Melchizedek and mm. the, the payment of a tithe where he gives a tenth. Mm-hmm. Abraham gives a tenth of everything to Melchizedek. But Abraham fights the bad guys physically to protect his own people. 
Right? So the people under his nation, like part of Abraham's nation, is Lot. And Lot came with Abraham, and Abraham protects Lot with physical violence. So this is something where I've been thinking about the fact where people, I was always taught, you know, violence is never the answer. And I think that's inherently wrong. I'm not encouraging people to fight all the time. But I think that as Christians, we're taught, you know, turn the other cheek. But we don't recognize what that actually means. And where, where that is, where you're being persecuted for your faith, and you're being struck in an insulting way for your faith to turn the other cheek and say, well, if you're gonna if you're gonna strike me for being a Christian, here, here's my other cheek too. I love Jesus that much. But we take that out of context. And there are other examples. I see you scrolling there through your phone. Do you have an example for us of fighting being used in scripture? Um well, yeah, but I was scrolling something else. I was thinking oh. of 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 the word uh praus the meek meekness but yes but i'm taking it off topic well but i would say that yeah that i think that's taken out of context i think it's turn the other cheek yeah yeah well it's not a it's not a pacifistic Mm -hmm. sort of message it's you know it's to the shame of the other you know um that's how i i've 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 always taken it is that um you expose the other other cheek someone you know slaps you for um, for a reason, maybe it's their pride, or maybe it's their selfishness, or whatever some some sort of sin uh, that that causes them uh, whatever it is. It's a lack of self control, and you're you're you know you're showing them the other cheek and say, "Go ahead, hit me again, expose you even more for being being yeah. a big jerk." You know, like yeah. I think that's kind of how it. At least that's how I'm interpreting it. Maybe you have something else. Yeah, well, but I don't think no, it's I agree. A, you can't say that. Oh, see, Jesus is a pacifist. There, it's like no, that's not really it. Yeah, and I don't know that we have time to develop where. Jesus actually tells his disciples to sell their cloaks and yeah. buy swords. It, but, yeah, yeah, right. But that's just, that's a maybe some other time we'll do a yeah. better job of the, an episode with this. But I also think of David. I mean, David was a warrior and was blessed by God with prowess in battle. Mm. And he's never he's not able to build the temple because he's a man of war. But he's never reprimanded at all for his use of violence in yeah. defense of the people of Israel. He's blessed. He's blessed in his, in his judgment. Like, I mean, in yeah. his executing God's justice. If you look at David and Goliath, yeah. right? God blesses David because David fights in the name of the Lord. Yeah. Right. And then there are several other examples where David uses force. He fights, physically fights on behalf of the people of Israel. And God blesses that. Mm-hmm. Right. So there are those examples as well. I think of Gideon, where God calls him specifically to fight. Mm-hmm. Right? Samson is another example. Jonathan, Saul's son Jonathan, fights, and God blesses that fight. I, I can think of so many yep. examples where they're blessed. And in fact, Psalm 144.1, which is one of my favorite psalms. You've got it open. I see yep. you have it open. Can you, can you read yeah, that? Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. Yeah. He is my steadfast love and my fortress. You know, like, okay. <laughs> Where it's a psalm blessing God for training people for yeah, war for, to, yeah. to do violence, for right. fighting. And so I think that we're inherently flawed in our logic if we don't recognize the necessity to fight mm-hmm. sometimes. Where sometimes fighting is the answer, and fighting does solve problems sometimes, especially when that problem is evil. Mm-hmm. And I believe it was Edmund Burke that said, all it takes for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. Mm -hmm. And that's where I see a tie back in again to Revelation. And we'll need an episode on this. I said this like 20 episodes ago. We need an episode on this. Write it down. Cowards go to hell. Yeah. 
cowards go to hell. And mm. a lot of times when we avoid fighting, I'm not saying, I'm saying when we avoid fighting for that which is right, we avoid fighting for protecting the innocent. Like if we see a child, actually talked about this in another episode where there was a video that really, it still to this day angers me when I think about it. There was a father and a pit bull runs in their driveway mm. and tries to bite him. And he has this like five-year-old son with him. And the dad leaves his son and jumps up on the car and lets his son, his five-year-old son, oh deal gosh. with the pit bull. If we can't see the need to fight in that scenario to defend the weak, mm. and we hide behind cowardice mm. to not justify that fighting, I don't know how we can come with a clean conscience yeah. before, honestly, before the God who not only actually, if you look at the history the Lord is a warrior. He fought for his people in many battles, but also who bought us back, right? Who fought for our souls and bought us back. Like I, who reconciled us to him at great personal cost to him. I, I don't know how we can come before that God and say, you know, I, I couldn't fight because I was afraid of the pit bull. And I, I just, I don't feel like fighting's right. Violence is never the answer. I couldn't punch the pit bull. So I just let it bite my son. So, but philosophically, I want to get to, I'm advocating, first of all, defensive use of fighting. Yeah, right. But second of all, the mindset of life is a fight. Mm. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Sometimes we do, right? But against every power, principality, and ruler of this dark age. If we're not willing to fight in our lives, how are we going to fight evil? How are we going to fight temptation? How are we going to stand up? against that which comes before us to tear us down mm -hmm. if we're not willing to fight. So I'm going to turn the mic over to you. We've got like a minute. Yeah. Well, I, I was just thinking of the word, um, of the word meek. That is, is P-R-A-U-S, I think, in Greek. is, is praus or something like that. But, um, but Aristotle, I think he's the one. That's what I was like looking up. But I think he's the one who used it to describe war horses. And I thought of meekness that's being encouraged by Christ. He, you know, he blesses the meek. And, and I think like, yeah, he, but they're not weak. You know, it's not weakness or a, you know, um, someone who's unwilling to fight. These are war horses that are very willing to trample the enemy underfoot, but they're being controlled by their master. And I think that that's, that's it, is that we fight always under the control of our Lord that is guided by his truth, guided by his justice, even guided by his mercy at times. But I think that's the way we fight. You know, we, we fight. We fight looking more like him, mm -hmm. controlled by him. Yeah. So we'll need to develop this episode a little bit more. We just had the time that we have, so we appreciate you all listening. Thank you very much. If you want to support the show, you can go to headofnations.com and click the support tab. If you have questions, you can send them to info at headofnations.com. And as always, remember, we are the heads of our nations, so let's go live like it. Until next time.